Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good whatever time of the day. It is I, Daniel Briggs Adisa, host of Voice of Science with Daniel podcast. I'm so glad to be here on Rita's podcast, The Girl Unplugged, to talk about this particular topic that we're going to be talking about, you know, the things we do in our generation that we do with good intentions, but we are not necessarily doing them right. Like we just need to take a chill pill calm down, you know, and see these things and try to analyze our behavior, right? So it's going to be a wonderful, you know, conversation. Listen well, listen attentively, listen with an open mind and listen to things critically. And yeah. Hi, guys. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. Okay. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Two podcasters on one show. It is fire. Una go here and talk, talk today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Welcome once again. So, um, yeah. I don't know which to go first, maybe telling us about you first or what I find interesting about you, but don't worry, I will get to that. So um, who is Daniel? Oh, okay. <laughs> Every single time I get asked that question lately, I always have a different answer for some reason. Mm. I, need to, I need to get myself a script, but okay, here's my answer to who Daniel is. Daniel is a school teacher, somebody who is very, very proud to be a school teacher. You know, he loves his students a lot. He's a podcaster, um, host of the Better Times with Daniel podcast. And he's also an overthinker. You know, he spends his time thinking about so many things that sometimes he wonders why is he even thinking about them. <laughs> so that's who Daniel is. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I like that you started off with saying that you're a teacher because for someone in this generation and as a young mm-hmm. person, you find that it is difficult for people to want to be teachers. True, and, true. And yeah. proudly so. So it's not like I'm doing it just to put food on my table, but proudly so. And I think it's because of that. You know that thing about people thinking that teachers are poor, you know, teachers that don't have money, you know, teachers mm. are suffer, sufferers, more like. And so nobody yeah. will be <laughs> associated with, you know, until it is teachers day and everybody is shouting, oh, if not because of my teacher, I wouldn't have done (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. But something else I find interesting about you is the fact that you are a conservative individual. Mm. Your perspectives are very conservative. And in a time like this, I think it is something that is interesting and worthy of admiration because we live in a world now where everybody wants to be a liberalist. Everybody wants to rebel. Everybody like there was nothing good about (laughs) the old ways, the old traditions and all that. I am more of a liberalist too. But I feel like I'm, I'm also a conservative in some areas, but I'm more of that individual that wants to be open-minded liberal i mean why not you know i mean there should be other ways to do things 
but yeah yeah i find out that you are a very conservative person and i got to know this from our discussion the last time on the uncomfortable truth podcast where we were both co-guests on the show and i was like this guy eh, it's hard (laughs) though to see people talking like this shall but eh, i like it i like it (laughs) and that was why i decided to drag you to this show so that we are going to talk about more of these things Mm -hmm. i mentioned earlier we live in a society where people are pressured and quick to want to unlearn things even though those may not necessarily need to be unlearned first i want to know your take do you think everything should be unlearned in the world we live in now well ever since i was a child um one of my drives has been curiosity Mm. which has gotten me in trouble and has also gotten me you know (laughs) a, a wide variety of knowledge bank Yes. Yeah. So uh, I do think we should endeavor to unlearn, but then the purpose of unlearning isn't to discard all knowledge, it's to prove what you currently know as whether it's something that you should continue to know or whether there needs to be an upgrade. Yeah. People seem to think when you unlearn something, you know, like you have to do it, do away with every form of knowledge. But it's like, take for instance, now I like to give very, very simple examples. Uh, Marriage. Marriage has been proven to be an institution that is best for raising children, mm. you know, and we have a stream of people nowadays who want to be, who are so quick to want to be single mothers, single fathers, right? Single parents mm. everywhere. And I'm like, okay, yes, that is fine. You know, we learn that there are so many problems to marriage. Even I myself, sometimes I ask that question, is there any point to getting married today, right? But just because I think all of that does not change the fact that marriage is still the currently the best system for raising children, mm. despite all the problems that people might have in marriage. Yeah. So it took me a while to get to that place of confirmation and, you know, holding that conviction. I read so many research papers. I talked to so many people. I did my best to unlearn some marriage stereotypes and all those mm. kind of things, right? Mm. But in the end, it's still all the things I learned during my process of unlearning just helped me confirm the necessity of marriage when it comes to raising you know children and sometimes in companionship and all those kind of things so unlearning isn't necessarily doing away with all knowledge you unlearn and then we learn and you know part of your relearning you look at what you knew before and be like is there any justification to it Hmm. if there is then why don't you keep that knowledge there's no point in discarding it exactly exactly I love the point you made about unlearning also being a type of upgrade because mm. it could also mean you're not discarding, but you're improving on what you know. You exactly. Know? But I, I think that we are more geared to discarding and thinking it is unlearning. You get, I like that you hit that point. Honestly, there are some things you look at and you're like do i really need to <laughs> i don't think i need to discard and i don't think i need to adopt yes <laughs> because there are things that look you know logical now they look but when you look at it in the long run how sustainable is this how has this been tried over time i mean it's easier for us to say okay we don't want to go this path because we have tried it for a number of mm-hmm. years right we've seen that ah this thing it's not working. 
But when you're adopting things, have you tried it to see, okay, you're so convicted that you know that this is it. It has to be. This. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like we're so quick to experiment nowadays. Like, and in our experimentation, we forget that we are supposed to draw a hypothesis, exactly. you know, look at all logical conclusions. We just say, oh, this is it. Let me try it. Finish. No, no caution. Like, no, nothing, nothing. No like, filter. Ah, no, nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I think this brings us to our conversation of today. And we are going yeah. to be looking at things in our generation that we do wrongly, but with good intentions. Mm-hmm. I actually found it difficult to title this topic because I was like, there's a way you title this topic. We might just go off key. <laughs> and we will not <laughs> <laughs> and we will not get to where we are going to because there are so many ways somebody can interpret doing wrongly with good intentions you know but i just want to specify that we are going to be looking at things in our generation especially as young people that we do with good intentions we start it off with good intentions but we execute it and do it wrongly yeah so i want you to go first what are some of the things you think that we do wrongly with good intentions Oh my God, there, there are so much, some that I can recollect now and some that I can't. And all of them sound like heavy topics. All of them sound like heavy topics. So um, let, I think let's start with the most obvious one, um, cancel culture and all its grandchildren. Cancel culture started as a way to hold majorly celebrities accountable, hmm. you know, because one thing about celebrity and idolization is because human beings like to idolize things. We like to put things on a pedestal, you understand? Because we see a fantastical vision of ourselves attached to those things, attached to those mm. symbols. Mm. You know, we make people become symbols of something to us, whether they want to or not. As long as you enter the limelight, people will create a persona for you. People will create a yeah. way you are supposed to do things, regardless of what you yourself think. And... Okay, while that isn't necessarily for those in the limelight themselves, I mean, sorry, while that isn't healthy, that's what I should use. Yeah. Healthy for those in the limelight themselves, those in the limelight to kind of take advantage of it. And then, you know, it's like falling in love. You know, somebody who is in love with you will allow you to get away with some things. Mm. Somebody who is in love with you will not call you out on some things. You know, you can get, you can basically, you say something that you cannot say to some other people. And they will just, you know, take it as it is. Mm. That's the same kind of relationship we have with people we idolize. So celebrities have been doing things. People in power have been doing things. You know, nobody has been putting them in check. But then people came about and said, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what? <laughs> this cannot continue to go on. You yeah. get, we, are, we are going to catch you. We are going to do this and that. But then it started as a good movement. Ari Kelly was taken down. Mm. Uh, so many other people were taken down. You get cancel other people, take these people off the, the platform and stuff like that. But where it's, where I think the mistake was is it wasn't clearly defined how people should be canceled. Mm. Because the parameters. Exactly. The criteria. I believe, I, yeah. believe I believe in if you are going to do something that has um, that is going to be a solution to a problem. You should be involved in the solution so that if it backfires, you get backlash. So that mm-hmm. way you are, you are much more accountable to the solution you are bringing. 
Yeah. But people, I don't even know who started this whole cancel culture thing or the group of people, but it backfired massively. Because now it's turned into, I don't like what you are saying, automatically let's cancel them. It's an infringing of people's rights. It's like, who should get cancelled? Even people of small platforms are getting cancelled. YouTube changed their laws for creators on their platform and then it's cost a lot of wala for so many YouTubers, you know, some vague, vague laws, you know, this one goes against our clinical guidelines, the guidelines themselves that are vague in the first place, mm. you know, and then so many people are getting demonetized, cancelled, deplatformed, all these kind of things, you know, and it's just who exactly is in charge of who gets cancelled? How do we define who gets cancelled? And most of the time, majority of people, especially Twitter, oh my God, Australia Twitter, we just come on there and turn to the morality police. We practice our moral elitism. We know better than these people. We know what is right and wrong. And so we will tell you that you are wrong and then make sure that you... Like people call into their jobs to get them fired. Yes. That still baffles me. Yeah. I don't know how entitled you have to be or how wicked you have to be to think calling into somebody's job to deprive them of their means of survival, their means of feeding themselves and taking care of their family is a right thing to do. Mm. Like, mm. I don't know. People, so, people have made themselves gods onto themselves. Exactly. <laughs> and in this age of extreme information, I call it age of extreme information. Information is everywhere. You can easily get anybody's contact and address. True. And so it's no longer maybe somebody who has access to social records. It's like, it's just normal people that mm. on a normal day you will not even trust with any iota of power mm. but they can get the power themselves get in contact send you death threats send your harass your family you change number today they will get that number you know so it's just it's a lot it's a lot yeah who even started who are the people that even started this council culture i feel like it's an important question because if we are able to find out that hey we can now say oh when okay so what were you people <laughs> thinking what, what what is the blueprint and i think that is the problem with council culture right it doesn't have an outline of what it means for somebody to be cancelled or what mm, yeah. will somebody do to be cancelled? Personally, I feel like cancel culture is something that was started with good intentions, right? Because even in yeah. the olden days, it, it's like a form of uh, ostracizing somebody when they do wrong. You know, yes, in the olden yes. days, they will call you out, say, no, this one you have done, you're ostracized. People should not talk to you. You are not, you know. But with that method, at least you were able to see over time remorse from those people. And then you can Mm -hmm. be able to say, okay, we can see that there is a change in behavior. Or I think this guy has paid their dues or this girl has, or this woman has paid their dues or this person has paid their dues in righting their wrongs. And so let us welcome them back. But like you rightly pointed out, with cancel culture, it's like if you're cancelled, you're cancelled forever. You don't you know? go be that. You don't go be that. That's, that's one thing. And another thing I find very um, appalling about it is the fact that people are so quick to cancel and at the same time, very reluctant to forgive. And that puts our humanity in danger because we all know that we are imperfect human beings. 
Yes. Speaking English now, sounding like we know what we are doing. Tomorrow we could just be, <laughs> we could just be in an awkward position where you know people will be wondering, ah, is it not those people that we are saying those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so we fall into that danger of canceling. Cancel me because that's the way you want to hold me accountable. But I don't think canceling me forever is like is fair. Yes, yes. And I even agree. for the Gen Z people that are carrying this consulting for head, personally, <laughs> I am sorry for them. You know why? Because for us, uh, millennials, sorry I'm making this a Gen Z and millennial thing, but <laughs> <laughs> at least we have seen life. We are older. We've had the opportunity to at least grow and evolve. How do mm, Gen yeah. Z's now swallow their vomit when they get in the next 20 years? When they see that all these things they've been doing is like, hey, shameful. You know, how do you replace <laughs> your steps <laughs> from there? Which is something also I feel like cancel culture does not allow. It doesn't allow for people to evolve and come back and say, um, once I was blind, but now I can see. I agree, exactly. It's it's like, you know, so many people get cancelled over tweets they made when they were 17 years old. These people are 30-something years old now. Yes. They, they, they will not be found dead, caught dead, saying, tweeting some of those things that they tweeted when they were teenagers. Mm. But yet we are cancelling them and calling them horrible people for things they literally did when they were young. Yeah. I and it's like, how, how does this make sense? Make yeah. it make sense. <laughs> exactly another thing i also feel like is one of the things we start out with good intentions but we just execute it wrongly is the way we pursue purpose and independence Mm. and i think it comes from that place of where you know you've been held bound for a long time. Maybe you have overprotective parents or you had parents that, you know, kept on telling you what to do, what to do, don't do Mm. this, do this. So at the point you're like, you know what? I'm old enough to take my decisions myself. I'm old enough to take care of myself, you know? And Mm, then one day you wake up and you're like, I'm out of this place. I think every human being should have that liberty to want to, pursue their dreams not being told you know what to do in the sense of maybe you must be a doctor or or all that you know Mm -hmm. and at the same time should be allowed to exercise a little level of independence like okay you can go out you can hang out with friends you can come back. Maybe you started with 6 p.m. as coffee. Okay, you can come back by 9 p.m. Because at least now, yeah. you know, you are a bit older than before. You know, those small, small things that enables you feel like, okay, I have a level of independence. Mm-hmm. But I find out that in our time now, young people are so quick to tell their parents or their guidance, you know, give them the middle figure and be like, you know what, you think, you, you think I can't take care of myself. Okay, now I'll show you. I'll come back to this house with a jeep, you know, and show you. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? I don't buy 
Benz gang. You know, I will buy a house and invite you people for housewarming so that you will know that it's not this your heart, you know, that is keeping me or this your small eba and uh, mm. that is making me. I get all yeah, that. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it is necessary, but there are times where it becomes insolent. We pursue independence when we are very unready to even face life. We, we, we allow that, um, that anger, that pent-up anger, drive our decisions. And eventually, we either end up in the wrong hands or we end up pursuing the wrong things just because we feel like we need to prove a point Yeah. our parents. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, this is actually something I've thought a lot about and I have views that I feel like people will beat me for. Because <laughs> when, when it comes to talking about purpose and finding your purpose, yeah. except if you are walking um, through a religious structure, like say Christianity, for example, mm-hmm. you will fail in finding a concrete sense of purpose. You know, mm-hmm. in Christianity, the purpose is to know God and to make him known so you're the one that's going to find how you're going to do that whether you become an instagram influencer that talks about god God or or whatever (laughs) yeah that one is your business you understand but like we know the purpose for us in christianity but then when it comes to life in general or more confusion deal it's very very difficult and i think i thought i told my friend once i said we we inherit our parents insecurities so take, for instance, now, most families living in Nigeria have financial issues, mm-hmm. like some serious financial issues. And the thing is, sometimes they get to a place where even the children get to know very, very early on about these financial issues. You get, because mm-hmm. you, you, you look on TV and you can definitely see a contrast between how your family is living and how another family is living, you know. You, you, you can see the contrast between the way of life. So you become desperate. You understand? You don't want to continue on in that place. I told my principal something like this one day. I said, if you really want to be able to cooperate with teenagers, you have to give them a sense of control over their life. Some things that they know that, they, that it is their decision that comes first there. You understand? Like, for instance, now in my class, I don't care where you sit. My own is, don't be changing sit up and down. Mm. Sit down, right? But don't be changing sit up and down. So they can literally choose whoever they want to sit at any time, you know, at any period. You understand? Maybe yesterday they were sitting down with somebody else. Tomorrow they are sitting down with another person. Mm. To me, that does not matter. They have that control. But just know, if you disturb my class, you will hear what? <laughs> so, yes. And I think another, another thing that caused of the insolence and I call it unfruitful rebellion mm. in this whole drive for independence is liberal values. This whole thing of you should be allowed to do whatever it is you want. You should be allowed to be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want, all these kind yes. of things. I'm like, these, these are mostly unrealistic goals to meet when you are young, especially when you are a teenager. Mm-hmm. These are really, really unrealistic goals because financially you are worthless. You are not. You cannot be used to earn money. Except <laughs> we sell you into slavery or something. Mm-hmm. I thought. I thought a student of mine that yesterday. He looked so angry when I told. Him. I said, "Think about it. It's the truth. 
you mm. are not earning money you cannot contribute financially yes. you cannot take care of anybody let's alone yourselves and you want to do whatever it is you want you don't want to do house chores you are you are angry that mommy and daddy are giving you stuff to do and holding you responsible for some things exactly. and, and, and then i asked him i asked him okay imagine if they aren't giving you any form of responsibility how do you think you'll be able to take care of yourself as an adult not even knowing how to do things Mm, and if, and it came silent because I, I i agree especially nigerian parents i will not say for parents oh, in general but you see nigerian parents they can be overbearing ha, my brother <laughs> overbearing is overbearing is putting it lightly oh my god overbearing huh. half, half of the time our nigerian parents can be tyrannical in nature <laughs> very very tyrannical in nature you know hmm. and so from from that we also gain those insecurities from that also but it's also because we don't have a balance. You know, I said this last time when we were together on um, Uncomfortable Truth podcast. Yes. We don't have a balance in the structure because balance is hard to create. Yes. True. For, for me now, I grew up mostly with my mom. My dad was mostly at work, right? Yeah. So it was kind of a thing of I never had a close relationship growing up with him. Yeah. And usually when he came home, he was always giving orders. He was always telling us how much he did not like how we were doing things. And in my mind, I was like, oh, God, come. We have a structure in this house already. This is how we do things in this house. You would just come, just scatter everything, right? Mm. So but for me and my mom, it was, I learned early on that if I did some particular things, my mom would not complain about some particular things. And so that earned me a little bit of freedom. I didn't go out a lot, but when I was going out, I had that freedom to go out and be out for five hours. Mothers come with a level of liberalism, if you ask me, mm. more than fathers. Yeah. They try to understand you. They try to, you know, empathize with you. But, but there's a place where that also becomes a danger. Agreed. I was talking to a friend of mine recently um, because he grew up with a single mother, no father at all. Mm. Um, father died early on. And he, he's saying something recently. He said he isn't blaming his mom for this or anything, but his mom didn't prepare him for the hardships of life. This is how liberal she was taking raising children. She didn't prepare him for how hard things would be. And you, and you might want to be like, oh, you, come on, you're growing up, you're an adult, you understand, you should be able to bear things. But it's like, is how you are taught to cope with things. How you are taught to see things that will translate into your adulthood. Adulthood. Um, the insecurity, the overemphasization of individual autonomy. You should be able to make whatever decision you want. Exactly. Don't care about anybody. I'm like, all these things will kill you first. <laughs> As in faster than, <laughs> faster than life itself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think another offshoot of this particular conversation is also the fact that we are living in a society that glorifies independence so much glorifying it in the sense that they come and they say at the age of 23 you're not supposed to be living with your parents Mm. you know (laughs) and so this puts a yoke on your neck because at 23 maybe you're still even finding your feet you don't even know yourself you understand? Then you exactly. now start pressuring yourself to leave the house. You now start pressuring yourself to get money by any means necessary so that you mm. leave because the shame of still being under your house, under the house of your parents, eating their food. Man, it's my parents' food. I, I will eat it <laughs> however I like. Oh, God. Pick the oh, remote, God, yes. change the 
changed and you know just like we talked about african parents they are also not helping because some of them will come out and tell you at your age i was doing this i was doing that but yet you're which still is, sitting which... on the couch on my couch eating my food Celia, Rita, this this thing of African parents telling us at that age they were doing this, they were doing that. Uh, the truth about most of that is they had no choice but to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had no choice but to do that. For instance, now my father's generation were one of the first people to you know be engaged in mass education in Nigeria. Yeah, mm. his his grand his father had never been into inside a school. His mother had never been inside the school. You understand? In fact, in fact yeah. his father was like, what is the point of this whole education something? Do you get? So he had to struggle and do most of those things himself. Mm-hmm. He, couldn't get, he couldn't get the help because there was no help to be got. But now it's like, okay, now you, you've raised child, Abby. Mm-hmm. You did not allow the child to have any form of decision-making. You did everything. There are the parents who literally register jam for their children. Like they take them there, they tell them what course to choose, tell them what school to go to, tell them what... There is no point where you allow the child to grow up making any form of decision for their own self, right? With your guidance. And then you just automatically expect these people to become capable adults. See, this thing has made you speak Hausa and Ibu at the same time. <laughs> hey, God. <laughs> it's a serious matter. <laughs> it's very serious. <laughs> so what other examples do you think that come up in this conversation? Uh, ah, okay. Um, the overemphasization of entrepreneurship. It's... Hmm. It's toxic, so, so very toxic because I, I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs. Hmm? Mm. I, have, I have a friend who sends great blog for perfume oils. I have a friend who has his own production company, science cinematography. You know, like I have friends who are entrepreneurs. Yeah. But on the other side, you also have people who tell you if you are working in nine to five, you will be poor till you die. And I'm like, What? Mm, yeah i'm like we grew up wanting to be like the managers the ceos right mm. and this don't these people technically have a nine to five and then people who work nine to five and earn millions didn't they start with the nine to five some of them exactly mm. and also it's kind of like you are you are expecting everybody if everybody has that entity drive. Everybody is a business owner and starting the business. Who is going to be the blue-collar worker? Who is going to have the white-collar jobs? Who is going to be your customer? Who is going to be the person at the desk, the secretary? Bros, or, yeah, or we want, go, we you want are to, going we want far. To turn secretary to entrepreneurship <laughs> too. You are going far. Me, I don't want to dream big. Uh-huh. Is it by force exactly. to dream big? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I made a podcast episode talking about be ordinary that most of us, which is the truth, most of us are never going to become so like massively great people. We are not going to have cons- um, consistently great achievements in life. Yes. And that it's okay to be ordinary. I got a lot of flack for that because mm. so many people were thinking I was telling them to not even try at all. I was like, no, try, but don't 
think that your life is, an, is going to become a disappointment simply because you did not become the next Bill Gates. Exactly. Or you did not become the... I'm like, exactly. there were people who were working under these people that helped them get there. Those people did an occasional great thing in their life. They created mm-hmm. the Bill Gates. That is great. Mm. But again, they aren't creating Bill Gates after every breakfast. Yeah, yeah. They have ordinary lives, normal lives, which they enjoy. You gain satisfaction in that. You understand? Because one day you will die. And what's the point? I feel like our mundane life, you know, those things we say mundane, ordinary things, mm-hmm. they are the things that yeah. make us. They are true, the things that true. make us. That the, they are the platform for which we even find ourselves. And I think the danger of this, you know, starting out good, you know, wanting to motivate people, wanting to, you know, inspire people to aspire i get that right it's good because some people need that push some people could be Mm, so laid back nonchalant but when they hear those things they are motivated and you know pushed to but not everybody can do that some of some of us are being pressured to live a life we don't want to live it's not that we yes. can't live it all. We can live it all, but we, you know that thing of, I, but I don't want this now. I like the structure that comes with a nine to five. I like the fact that after work, I can go and hang out, you know, because exactly. sometimes you also hear these things about, um, um, if you're not, um, if you're sleeping, you can't make it in life because while you're burning, while you're sleeping, others are burning the night candle. I mean, <laughs> my sister, you, you see that particular they, thing? Uh, that particular thing is killing us because when we were babies, when we were children, we slept a lot because it is what our body needs. But yeah. as we grow older, we start shaming ourselves for what our body needs. Needs. Our body needs sleep. Exactly. I have worked over these past few weeks, I have overworked myself to the point that usually I am usually the type of person that, you know, even though I'm tired, I'll see like, be like, let's keep on going again. Even myself, I was like, oh, more, I'm going to die. This week, this week, I just took a drastic decision and said, you know what? I don't care when, how much the workload <laughs> is that is going to be done. I'm just going to go home immediately. It's five. Yeah. Do you know, I get home. I sleep by six, something that I never do. And I wake up three, four in the morning. Mm. I'm like, What? And that happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm like, what? I'm like, so I was this tired. And then I started, I started thinking to myself, and I, and, I, and I started thinking to myself, okay, now that I started closing early, did work crash? No. Exactly. Did anybody die? No. Mm-mm. I'm like, I'm still going to come back and face these things with my best. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, Sleep is an ordinary part of life that I should want and always cherish and desire. Mm. Rest. Mm. Recuperate mm. so that you have strength to do more. You understand? And, and you know, as Nigerians, sorry to interrupt you, you know, also as Nigerians, yeah. sometimes we cannot help but do these things because considering our context, by context, I mean uh, the, the dynamics of our socioeconomic society, uh, we, we the special, poverty, and <laughs> yes. So, if you face one thing, my bros, hunger go kill you. You might not even gain anything. Mm-hmm. So, I also understand that pressure of wanting to do more than one or two things so that you are able to, like, at least balance. At the end of the day, you can at least afford shawarma. 
if you want to eat shawarma mm-hmm. and buy for somebody else. For some of us, it's not That's even right. shawarma. For some of us, it's to pay, to be able to pay, like at the end of the year, you will gather from everywhere so that rent will be complete for that year. You are not even talking about shoes and clothes. Yes, yes. You get, I understand those dynamics, but in all of this as well, it doesn't mean that we should now live as though if we don't have, if we are not rotating five or six jobs, then we are not serious with our life. Or we I agree. don't have ambition. I agree. And it's like ambition isn't necessarily starting something new. Ambition can be helping somebody build something. Achieve their own. Yes. Exactly. Like, so it's like we should come down with this overstressing uh, work nine to five. It's sure, yes. Having multiple streams of income is always a great idea. Mm. But there are easy ways to do it that doesn't kill you. You can actually love your job and keep your job while still having a little something at the side to do. Mm. But, you know, to get shamed out of quitting a job that is paying you well, to go and start a business that you barely know anything about, mm. you understand? Just to, just to make it feel like as if you are progressing in life, it's like, no. Some people like to <laughs> drive on the highway by at 160. And some people like to drive at 60. JJ! JJ! destination. We'll still get to our destination. Yes. You see people shaming you. They'll be like, fire your boss. How to, they write books. Five ways on how to fire your boss. My brother. It's hunger that will fire you after you fire your boss. You get to, as we conclude the discussion, I think another important thing that I have noticed that we do and we overemphasize on that is becoming a problem and is creating this society where people are no longer resilient because to be honest Mm. i feel like resilience is important for the survival of the species and unfortunately life doesn't allow you hand pick the things that make you resilient it just throws at you and that is that but you know you see this issue of mental health I think that issue is being overflowed, not from the aspect of acknowledging that there are mental health issues and there are things that are dangerous to our mental health. But the mm-hmm. fact that people now see it as a leverage to, to be nonsensical. Yeah. <laughs> You see, at the end of the day, ah, it's toxic for my mental health. Ah, it's toxic. Anything that is toxic, cut it off. I'm cutting off my friends. They are toxic. See, I get um, it. I um, get um, it, Rita, right? This, 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 <laughs> thing, this thing I raised. Mm. Sincerely, I've been, I haven't podcasted for a while now because work, life, everything. And I looked at myself and I said, you know what? If I want to be able to podcast and give good content, yeah. I'll, I'll need to post this for a while and part of what i've been doing is reading my mind for annoying people because i was going to talk about depression anxiety <laughs> and the truth of the matter is i am so happy that we recognize these things exist but i am angry at the same time that we've normalized having them because yeah. those are two separate things we normalize the, the that, that you should be depressed you understand to a point where even something that you should, like you said, be resilient to, you are weak to. You understand? Like, 
I, I tell my students, and I know some people disapprove of this, but I tell my students, you are going to suffer in life. You are not going to escape it. You are going True. to suffer. It comes with the package. life is going to be life is going to be like school. You are going to have so many things you don't want to do. So many places you don't want to be in, but you should be in. So many people you don't want to listen to, but you must listen to. That is how life is going to be. And it now depends on how you are going to deal with it. Build capacity now. Build resilience now. Start reading your mind. How to deal with difficult situations. You understand? Learn this, learn that. Exactly. Like you said, we are unlearning by throwing away all these things. It's like, oh, you know, it was depressed. I was like, I asked, I asked somebody a question recently. I said, at one point, do we hold people with mental issues responsible for their actions? Yeah. Because sometimes it becomes an excuse for uh, nonsensical behavior. <laughs> Thank you, nonsensical behavior. I they want to talk English. You are going, you are going to say accountable. That's long story, my brother. That's Dogo Turenchi. It's just like not coming to work. Mm-hmm. You woke up in the morning and you didn't feel like going to work and then you just decided to stay home to stay home you did not communicate that you won't be at work you just felt like and then, and and then tomorrow, you, you post you your whatsapp status that's taking the day off for my mental health exactly <laughs> and then you get to work and somebody is demanding you know accountability for you for why you did not come to work you say I was and depressed. Then, no, you were not and depressed. Then, and then, and then they tell you, they tell you, they don't care that you were depressed. And then you start crying. You start throwing the feet. The yes. world is against you. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, some people are using it to hide bad behavior. They, mm-hmm. they are not. Yes. They are not good communicators. You know, they try to 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 pass responsibility to the next person. Somebody will ghost you for three or four weeks and when you call the person person like, ah, why now what's wrong with you what happened before you know it to be like i didn't feel like okay i understand mm-hmm. that you didn't feel like right but you where where does that understanding of knowing that this person cares for me this person is my friend don't you think that they also are going through something or they care for you enough to know that, okay, I just want to be on my own for a, a, a you know, for a, a while. And then when mm-hmm, they start yeah. telling you the truth, the next thing you are toxic, you know, the next thing you're not good exactly. for my mental health. You see this thing with negative, bad energy. Mm. The truth is we shouldn't be looking for ways to avoid negativity. We should be looking for ways to deal with it. when it, Because avoiding is hiding. It's not solving the problem. All of you that are shouting bad vibes away, cutting off bad vibes, you are bad vibes. Do you know you yourself, you are bad vibe to somebody? It's the truth. We never relate it to ourselves. Now, yes. now another person be bad vibe. We, we are, the, we are the angel of the Lord. We mm. are never the bad vibe. Mm. I'm like, that's a lie. Mm. That's a lie. So it's like, We've seen mental issue as a way to, you know, um, allow ourselves to be irresponsible. Talk about mood swings. We, mm. People today still think mood swings are justified. I'm like, see, you cannot have mood swings to your boss. Your boss yes. tells you to do something. You can't, <laughs> and then you have mood swings, and then your, your boss comes. Why haven't you done something I asked you to do two days ago? And my mood changed. I had a mood swing. I just yeah. really got down. 
you just receive sack letter. So many people need that job. Let somebody who actually appreciates your, the job. Yeah, get it. Your sense of responsibility should guide your emotions. That's just what we have not come to understand. Nobody's saying don't don't be angry. Be angry, right? But exactly. But make sure that you don't overreact while you're angry. You understand? Be mad about something or mad at somebody, but make sure it doesn't lead you to violence. You know, acknowledge that emotion, interrogate Mm -hmm. it, look at it, acknowledge it, accept it for what it is, but it shouldn't now make you walk in irresponsibility. You even find people these days, they'll tell you, don't judge, don't judge. People have used that don't judge to mean don't criticize. How do you become better if you don't criticize? Exactly. No, I feel like there's a thin line between the two, right? Judgment and criticism. Yes, there, there is. You... We confuse judgment with condemnation. We we confuse judgment with condemnation. And these are concepts I'm still going to talk about on my podcast. It's like you you judge, you judge every day. Do you think this is good or bad? That is judgment. Yes. You understand? Do you want to roll with this person? No, that is judgment. Do you wear purple or pink today? That is judgment. Do you think what this person has done is beneficial to you or not? That is judgment. You judge every day. The place where it comes in wrong is when you start condemning because you have no right to. But you see that judgment part. I will judge because this is how I can tell whether this is something good or not. Or not. I judge. Or not. Exactly. You and you, you said something that recognize how you feel. That is important. Recognize how you feel. A friend of mine asked me one time that, how do I do my job even when I'm down and depressed you know because a lot of has, has happened to me over the past two years in fact straight up two years and it's been tough to deal with things right and then he asked me how do you still go to class and teach you know when you are so depressed when you are so down like there are times where i'm in my office and i just feel like busting up the entire table and just busting tears and just shouting my lungs up i'm like hey i'm gonna work i do you know, yes, and I told him something. I said, see, it's not a matter of how I feel. It's a matter of what am I responsible for. Mm. I got into this job willingly. I took up the responsibility to mentor the younger generation, to teach them, to make them have a good time learning, right? I was like, I am not going to ruin what they paid for simply because I feel some kind of way. They are not, nobody should have to suffer for what you feel. So... Mm. When it's time to go to class, I just, you know, I recognize how I feel, but I know I have something to do. So I put on a smile. I teach them what I need to teach them. I do not let my annoyance come across to them, even though they might annoy me because these are kids. I am expecting them to annoy me. Mm. So I prepare for that. I go to class. I do my job. I'm at work. I do my job. When I get home, I wrap myself up in my wrapper and lie on top of the bed and don't speak to anybody. That is, there I can do whatever I want. When I'm at home, I can do whatever I want. But when you go to a workplace or a public gathering, you can't just subject everybody to how you are feeling. Like, no, nobody should have to suffer for how you feel. Hold yourself responsible for the things you have to do. True, true. I totally agree. I totally agree. But like you said, don't glorify it because as much as we acknowledge these things in our lives, also need to know how to deal with it it doesn't have to override us our actions and our thoughts so yeah i really really agree with you on this for most of us here in nigeria our depression can be solved with money mm-hmm. give us money and we'll be, dep- be depressed again we don't know how to chop life 
you know <laughs> there'll Most be no depression because we have scarcity true true it, exactly is induced induced depression <laughs> poverty induced <laughs> depression <laughs> So, so it's not it's not a big it's like we have actual problems so mm-hmm. it is normal that you are anxious and you know down about things but you will never solve your problems by simply just recognizing that your problems exist take yeah. active steps to you know control what you can control in your life and what you cannot control i beg mm-hmm. just move on mm-hmm. just move the on. fact that we are gradually raising a society where people are no longer able to withstand pressure a little a little mm-hmm. thing like this people are broken you know a little a little thing like this people are um, some you see some you, you see people are not even able to confront issues or deal with yes. problems because they've not built that mental resilience to you know tackle issues and all that. Yes, there are two sides of this coin because eventually the, I, the, I believe that resilience shouldn't even rob you of your, your, your sense of wholeness as a human being because sometimes you can be so resilient that you become an animal. <laughs> mm-hmm. All these things should have a balance where everything meets, right? There should be a middle ground. Yeah. You talk about cancel culture. Let there be a modus operandi. Let there be guidelines. Mm -hmm. Let there be boundaries. Let there be balance. If it's mental health, let people know when it is no longer a mental health issue. That this is you just trying to shalaye, you know. If it is entrepreneurship, let people, and I'm happy, even on Twitter these days, people are coming out to tell others that, see, oh, this entrepreneurship thing, forget it, though. It's not salado. It's not, it's not salad. salad. And sometimes is, you can level up and nothing will come out of it. So make exactly. sure. Yeah, I like the fact that people are now coming out to talk about this, those truths. And that is where I feel like the balance comes in. So if you now weigh your option, you decide which one is okay for you, you know. And before mm-hmm. you want to leave your parents' house, make sure that you have something you're going, that will sustain you for at least one year without you calling any friend to borrow you money. Because I don't see yes. them in one, living in your... They are the one that gave birth to you. You know? They mm-hmm. sh- you know, so there shouldn't be a shame in wanting to live in your parents' house for as long as you need to get your lives together. You know? Because that mm-hmm. is part of the support system every society needs. Because tomorrow, if anything happens to you, you fall back to your family, your family is the first unit of support. So why can't you be supported for as long as you need? So we even have people coming back to their house at the age of 44 to recuperate and go and face life again. So I swear. For you, that is just 20 something. Yeah, you don't, I beg. Something we can end this um, conversation on is we should stop overly thinking that we are different from our parents. Mm. we are different from the situations they grew up under it wasn't so long ago 50 years is not a lot of time Mm. 60 years is not a lot of time when you look at it Mm. we are not we are not better off we are still facing the same problems is it insecurity we get them is it bad governance we get them Mm. is it tough economy we have it so we shouldn't automatically write off our parents perspective on things and automatically think 
we are better, better than them because we grew up with a smartphone. Exactly. It's like, no, see this Nigeria, you see this world, our parents' experience matter. Sure, yes, everything should be taken with a grain of salt. You understand? No one person is an, is an island of wisdom. Yeah. But it matters. Don't burn bridges just because you are leaving their house. Mm. You are leaving their house. Now, what if asteroid hit your account? <laughs> you not, you not AKA because crypto, cryptocurrency. You don't? <laughs> exactly. Crypto people. You do not say because you are independent, you go and live under a bridge somewhere instead of going back to your father's house. Um, or you go die of hunger. Yes. So it's like, we should just calm down for ourselves. Mm. Admit that we don't know as much as we think we do. Yeah. You know, we are not always right. In fact, most of the time, we should assume that we are wrong about something until we are proving right, not the mm. other way around. True. And we should allow, although I cannot stress this enough, our parents' generation has a, has a habit of giving unsolicited advice, but we should not dismiss advice just because we don't want it. Mm. We should take our perspectives, reason it out, and find the balance of where of how it can apply to us. And then we will have a much more, I truly believe we'll have a much more fruitful life that way. Yeah. I think this is a sweet spot to end this conversation. Thank you so much for availing us your time to have this important and crucial discussion. Before we go, I know that you wrote a book on how to start a podcast. And I would love you to like share just a little about that book and how people can reach you and be able to assess the book. So, um, although I didn't go into details of how to start every, in every single way, Jige. Mm, mm. But I mostly focused on the recording process because I find the recording process is what is most difficult for people. Yeah. You can easily start a podcast with free platforms like FM or the newest one in town, Sounder or FM. Mm. You know, but it's the recording itself. How do you record when your neighbor's children like to shout? How do you record with your phone when you can barely even hear the person you, That's the you call? You right there. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I simply I said, you know what? The major problem isn't the two you have. It is understanding how to work with the two you have. True. So I, I, I simply talked about how to record, you understand, um, things you should have around you, how to prepare the location around you for recording so that at least you can get a better overall, you know, quality for sound. Yeah. You know, I talked about those who don't have a laptop because editing on the phone is not really that possible in context of how we usually edit, add this one, noise reduction, you know, all those things. Mm. But I recommended some applications and I recommended some ways of doing things, you know, like recording in bits so that you, you won't have so many mistakes in between. And then there are apps you can just use to join all the recording together and then upload. So yeah, the book is free. It's on seller. Um, the link is in uh, my Instagram, which is at Volatile with Daniel. But if you can remember the link, it is seller.co slash podmobile. Seller.co slash podmobile. It is very, very free. When you click on the link, you will not have to sign up to a newsletter or anything like that. Mm. This is you and you alone. I would not know who you are. I would mm. not know how long you read it. I would not know how many people has downloaded it you understand this is just something i put out there for the community to enjoy and benefit from thank you so much i think i'll also drop the link on the show notes so that people can have quick access to it but thank you so much daniel 
for coming on today's episode. Thank you for dropping your experience and perspective. I highly appreciate it. Glad I could have this conversation with you. And hopefully I'll be able to have you on my own podcast too. And it will be a very, very... Podcasters (laughs) do this thing. Before you know it, they will tell you very soon, I'm going to have you. Okay, do have a lovely day. <laughs> bye. And you too, Rita. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. As usual, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram at the girl unplugged or chat me up on the Podroom app. I'll be looking forward to hear what you think, your thoughts, your comments, and all that good stuff. Don't forget to share with someone who you think might find this helpful. Hit the subscribe button to listen to more amazing stuff. And until the next episode, continue to be you till full. Bye.